0: the show if he or she would like more information thank you welcome to this week's episode um with an expert in all kinds of things of women and adhd linda rogley is joining me and we're going to be talking about adhd and menopause which is something men know nothing about and for so long Gynecologists tried to pretend that they did. Thankfully, there are more female gynecologists than primary care docs that uh, we can figure out how it really works. Linda is the founder of the ADHD Palooza, which is uh, a series that happens, collection of experts talking on various topics for one week in the spring. And then for a weekend um in the fall, and that's the ADHD Couples Palooza. And the one in the spring is Women's Palooza. Is that right?
1: Absolutely. Got
0: it. Um, so, Linda, it's a pleasure to have you here.
1: Ah, thank you for inviting me. I so appreciate it. Looking forward to talking about menopause. And you know, you said that you know menopause feels like, ooh, we don't talk about that. But now everybody wants to talk about it. It's everywhere, all over the internet. So we're in good yes. we're in good shape right now.
0: Yes. And I think it's uh it's definitely something that impacts everybody, men and women. Yes. Um in and, and uh we need to talk about it. So I'm glad it's possible. And it's certainly Confounds and compounds all the issues of ADHD and dealing with that, then all of a sudden, oh, the game's changed here.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And it's the game's changed, but you can't make it not change. That is, <laughs> well,
1: there's some things like we it. can do. You know, we're, there's yeah,
0: something we can do. So um, we'll talk about you, that. We um, can't make it not happen, basically. That's
1: right. Bingo.
0: So what are the, the uh, I guess, the signs that a woman going into perimenopause, that time before actual menopause Mm -hmm. happens, which is medically defined as not having had a menstrual period for a year, and your FSH measure is over 50. But there are a lot of symptoms and things happen well before that. Oh. And that's yeah. the perimenopause.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think a lot of people don't realize that perimenopause, which is spelled P-E-R-I before the word menopause, um, can happen as much as 10 years before that last oh my period. Goodness. And, and we never know what, what is the last period until we look backwards, right? We, we wait. Right. If, okay. I'm having a period. I'm having, I'm not having a period. How many months has it been? Let's just see here because we don't really yes. know. So there's not a, there is probably a date, but we don't really, we don't celebrate it because we never know when it's going to happen. That's the truth of that. So for, for perimenopause, um, it usually, it can start as early as your mid thirties. Usually it's in your forties, sometimes late forties and, Mm -hmm. and it can last anywhere from a couple of years to 10 years. And some women, lucky women don't have any symptoms at all, but You know, usually everybody associates menopause with hot flashes and trouble sleeping and being irritable. And all of Mm -hmm. those things happen plus a bunch more things for ADHD folks. But I just want to, because we're not just talking about menopause here. We're talking about ADHD on top of menopause or perhaps underneath it. So if we add ADHD into the picture, all the things I just mentioned are worse. And I found out through some, some, some amazing studies that have been done that ADHD women have more severe physical symptoms than non-ADHD women. So it hits us a little harder. I just wanted to be clear that, that we're talking about a more severe, usually more severe form of a menopausal transition.
0: And I understand that even well before that, that pre-menopausal depression... Mm-hmm. Uh, not menopausal, premenstrual depression right. happens more often and perhaps deeper for women with ADHD mm-hmm. than without. So there's okay. some hormonal influences in there. And it probably um, it has to do with the fact that estrogen helps dopamine work better. Absolutely. So if your estrogen level goes down, your dopamine isn't working as well. Mm-hmm. And of course, those of us with ADHD we're functioning on uh, dopamine that's not functioning so well. Yeah. Then add the two together, it makes for problems.
1: Well, and I think that's one of the big differences between ADHD in men, because men don't have that monthly cycle that they deal with mm-hmm. the hormones going up and down. Women do. And that's I think a lot of women that I talk to are surprised to learn that their ADHD symptoms get worse right before their period starts, because mm-hmm. that's when estrogen and progesterone, ironically, go way, way, way down. It's kind of like gone. And then ADHD symptoms go sky high. And then toward the middle of the month, estrogen builds up again in that cycle, and suddenly, oh, I don't have ADHD, or I'm feeling pretty good.
2: Yeah, and things are working
1: again. So you can imagine how being on that, literally on that roller coaster of up and down and up and mm-hmm. down, not knowing that you have ADHD. For me, That's I was I was good. always so depressed. The sky is falling. I was chicken little, and nothing's going to save us, and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. I didn't know that was ADHD symptoms, but I'm now that I look back. Just as we talked about looking back on menopause last period, it's in retrospect, it makes more sense. But but then I wish I'd had a little more understanding, which I think it's really important for you to do this presentation. So thanks so much for this podcast.
0: Uh, You're welcome. And when I heard and attended your session at the uh, ADHD International Conference on ADHD in Baltimore a month or so ago, um, I knew that, okay, my listeners need to hear this um and see this and understand about it because it's, yes, it's kind of buried in articles here and there, but it needs to be out there and talked about more. So I'm glad we could talk about it. Yeah. One thing I wanted to mention in terms of the estrogen going down before periods, some patients of mine, we add a little bit more stimulant during that week before. Say, right. yep, you can take another of your Adderall XRs mm-hmm. for that week um, yes. or put an estradiol patch on for that week. Mm-hmm. number of different ways to, because um, that's going at it from one direction to the other, but to get the function better in that yeah. week
1: well it smooths it out it smooths out your estrogen levels yes. so you don't have such a big dip every time and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, i'm i'm always surprised to hear because this is anecdotal it's not there's no um and it's there it's clinical but yet it's not research based yet but even taking an ssri like a prozac for instance for a short period of time even though that seems counterintuitive because usually they don't kick in for 2 weeks even that will help because keep in mind that It's not just dopamine that's in this little circle. There's also some serotonin at play and also some norepinephrine in play. play. So what happens, I just want to back up because... The reason that you might do that is to keep your estrogen level, but also because stimulants don't seem to work as well when our estrogen is lower. So I just want to be clear about that. And you know, I when you asked me what are the symptoms of of perimenopause, certainly little hot flushes and so forth, I didn't even mention the fact that your periods may begin to get irregular as well. So you may have extra heavy periods, or you may skip a period, or you may have a very light period. So that's another really important signal and I don't know why it didn't cross my mind to mention it, but let's make sure that people know that. And that may be the yes. first thing you notice or maybe not. It depends on depends on how much you pay attention, my friends.
0: <laughs> and it's also almost like ADD. There's, Bingo. there's different degrees yes. between different people, but also depending on the demands on your executive function um, and for women, how much estrogen they've got to, to right. support it
1: exactly exactly right so so in with para, with perimenopause let's talk just a little bit about some of those symptoms when we talk about those hot flashes and the mm-hmm. it, night and night sweats because it's the covers on covers off covers on covers yeah. off kind of thing um it's the the research shows that they're called vasomotor symptoms um, mm-hmm. and, they, and, and it's a brain, it's a brain function, which is obviously influenced by, by, um, estrogen as well that your body really isn't getting hot, but your brain thinks it's getting hot. And then it sends the message Uh to your
2: body Uh to cool
1: itself down. So you're sweating and you're feeling hot. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm freezing, I'm freezing. So it's your brain tricking your body into doing that. And, you know, I don't – this is just complete conjecture. But maybe our ADHD brains are easier to trick. (laughs) I don't know. However, um, I just know that it's not just, it's not just hot flashes. As you mentioned a little bit ago, um, depression is also something that happens for all menopausal women. And yet for ADHD women, it tends to be more severe. And you mentioned, yeah, you know, premenstrual symptom kind of things. And there's yeah. something that's even more serious called premenstrual, premenstrual dysphoric disorder, disorder. It's kind yeah. of like PMS on steroids. And many, yeah. many more women have the ADHD women have those symptoms. So when mm-hmm. we, when we, when we go through men, pair of menopause, those symptoms even get worse. So it's not really all that great news to tell you the truth. And, and more importantly, it's not great for our, for our, partners or our families either oh, because, yeah,
0: because the, meanwhile <laughs> you're upset and irritable and yeah. just with all this going on and not knowing why I can't think of things oh next week I am doing okay
1: yeah exactly and, and that's exactly your right
0: menopause comes along and how come it's not getting better every once in a while
1: well keep in mind too that in perimenopause those those estrogen swings that we've had during our regular monthly cycle are pretty regular I mean you, the you, the estrogen's going to stay within a certain level when you get to perimenopause your the estrogen goes wild mm-hmm. it goes Way way high, and then it goes really it really drops. low, and then it goes up again and it goes down, and eventually it kind of it's it goes into a a, a roller coaster pattern, but gradually it 's less and less and less estrogen, so the estrogen mm-hmm. goes. Down eventually and and event it 's not that you completely run out of estrogen when you have when you are nope. at that last period it 's that we run out of estradiol and then the the that's menopausal the estrogen because there's three and now they say four ki- kinds of estrogen one the one that they give for hormone therapy is all estradiol that 's what happened when that 's what was going on when our period when we're reproductive years. And when we're older, estrone seems tends to be the estrogen that we have, but we just don't have a lot of it the way we used to. So it it also can affect sleep. It can affect uh, metabolism in terms of obesity and it can affect heart. Uh, There's uh, just it. It's, it is multifactorial, right? For everyone, it's Uh just for ADHD, we have some underlying issues that may be exacerbated by the symptoms and the the physiological changes. And I have to say, the emotional and mental changes as well. This isn't easy for anyone.
0: No, no. I'm sure there's all kinds of emotions in terms of your moving out of something that had been so part of a routine and regular. For most people, uh most women pattern and now it's not regular and it's that's gotta be it's a loss. It's a loss of Absolutely. something that may have been kind of a this this is a structure to my life and bang. It's True. Not.
1: True. Yeah. Well, I mean that is if you have regular periods and you know ADHD right. folks. <laughs> We're usually not <laughs> consistent about anything. Although yeah,
2: I was gonna say, is there anything that, regular that really we do? No.
1: It, well, actually, it, there is no connection between having irregular periods and ADHD, but at least in the survey that I've done of 2,500 women, but um it does make sense, though, that not only do we have this we're taking structure away but also when you get to menopause my son said to me in very un unchar- it's uncharacteristic for him to be mean but he said oh mom you're doing that old thing and i thought i didn't really need to hear that comment no, no, no. because we really all of a sudden it's it's a wake up call usually we're about 50 yeah. or- and we're thinking, oh, my gosh, I don't get that many more do-overs. What have I missed?
0: This is getting serious, yeah.
1: Exactly, exactly. And that, and that's exactly what happened to me, which is why I created the ADDiva Network for women over 40 who are dealing with this because a lot of us get diagnosed with ADHD at midlife, menopause. When those menopause symptoms and then estrogen goes wild, suddenly when estrogen goes way, way down, all of a sudden it's like that's not that's nothing like I've experienced with my regular periods i I must be going crazy or I must have early onset Alzheimer's or something's wrong with me yeah. Here's so that someone- brain
2: fog that's in there
1: exactly yeah. exactly. And even women who are don 't have ADHD think they do because those symptoms all of a sudden mirror yeah. the symptoms of true adhd so there are lots of us myself included who were diagnosed in their in our forties late forties for me. And it it was it was kind of a relief, but I didn't go on any medication until my period started getting really, really weird. And I ran to my doctor and I said, I need those stimulants back. And he said, No, 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 no. ADHD women need estrogen. And I said, Could I have a little sample? He said, No, you have to go to your OBGYN. However, unlike our our esteemed guest a lot of doctors really don't understand the connection between estrogen and ADHD so it's hard to find an OBPYN who really under, who who was, is willing to prescribe it for that they will prescribe some kind of treatment for hot flashes because that's been proven Basal, vasomotor definitely is is affected by hormone treatment but um it's we we'll, we don't we want to don't want to go too far down that road yet but um it's It can be difficult to handle, and I applaud any of you who are examining this and, and thinking about it, that maybe that's what's going on for me. So,
0: One of the things I wanted to circle back on was yeah. sleep, which yeah. is, of course, a huge thing. People with ADHD don't sleep as well. We don't make melatonin as consistently and enough of it, um, so the impact then of the hot flashes, these motor things on sleep, what kinds of things um, do women find helpful as far as the reducing the impact of hot flashes? I mean, I can look at different articles and it talks about um, having magnesium or taking extra calcium or making sure you have one um, vitamin or herbal thing what, what have you found or women you've talked to found that's actually helpful?
1: To be really honest, um, I, what worked for me, well, let me just say that there actually is medication specifically for hot flashes. It is, it's very expensive because it's still on patent here in the United States. Mm-hmm. But I also have read the studies show that it might reduce the number of hot flashes from, oh, maybe 10 to eight. So, Is that really helping enough to be able to to spend that money and to take medication? So, um, some of the thing I found some of the phys- the physical things um actually make a difference and I brought for you a a weird little thing that I usually put oh. around I used to put around my neck and it's and it's filled with little beads that um i you soak it in water they expand, and as they evaporate, it actually cools you and because ah, if you the okay. of your neck, that actually is a, an incredible temperature it's kind of like something getting putting a hat on top of your head because a lot of heat escapes from the top of your head. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can actually control your um, temperature a little bit with this. So I used to keep these in my, um in my purse all the time and one would get warm and I'd put another one on. And just so you know, right. this is, I didn't make this, it's just cloth and it's a tube and you can get them on like Etsy or, you know, a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Um And there also are, are cooling clubs and stuff like that that a lot of people will use. But again, it really is more about doing something from the outside. I had one mm-hmm. woman say that I have to go sit in front of a fan every time this happens yeah. for me. So, so, yeah. So, so keep in mind back to the ADHD factor here. That's just one more thing we have to pay attention to. It's one yeah. more thing that comes up to distract us. It's one more thing that pulls us off um off our game and I want to go oh, back fast. to your yeah. your sleep issue as well. Because you know, people without ADHD who ha- who are sleep deprived act like they have ADHD. It's brain fog, yes. it's problems with memory, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So, if we have already problems with getting to sleep and staying asleep, here comes night sweats and and all the other things that go along yeah. with it. That's keep that's getting our that's disturbing our sleep even more, which then makes our ADHD symptoms when we are awake more difficult more. to handle. So yes. I will say that I will say that my dear friend Dr. Bill Dodson says you don't really have to change your stimulant medication if you choose to take it until you have that hormonal change. So you may need to go you see your psychiatrist or whoever prescribes for you to see if maybe that dose does need to be adjusted when you go through this perimenopause mm-hmm. and even postmenopause. And I know that as we get older Some doctors are reluctant to prescribe stimulants, but there has been a comprehensive study released that says that there is no cardiac connection between taking stimulant medication for ADHD with children, with youth, with young adults, with adults, and with seniors. So there is no reason for your doctor to take you off of stimulants. So whether you're male or female, or or in between, or by or multi gender, any of those things.
0: Yeah, my oldest patient is 82, and she takes the upper level of Vyvanse, and she says if if I have a little bit more, then I don't interrupt as much in Bible study, and that's her. her
1: That's That's her mark
0: of whether she's taking enough. I love that. I love that. No, she's fine. Her heart is fine. Blood pressure. And yeah, if if, uh, if we're thinking of the same study or the one I've heard is 2.1 million people in Denmark and 1.9 in the United States, something like close to 4 million, looking at have people ever taken Adderall? Have they never taken Adderall? Mm -hmm. And there was a minuscule difference in terms of cardiovascular problems like stroke or heart attacks. Right. Um, so it really is not an issue. Absolutely. And I think it's one of those uh, kinds of things that happened often in medicine before we really did studies like that, to say, well, amphetamines affect, um, may constrict blood vessels, therefore they're gonna increase your blood pressure, therefore you're gonna have heart problems. But that's starting kind of with a guess, where most stimulants, when they look at them before they're released, yes, it may increase your blood pressure six or eight points. Pulse, it may increase more. and some people, it goes over 100. That bothers them. Take a beta blocker with your Adderall in the morning, pretty harmless medication.
2: Mm -hmm. Your
0: pulse is 70 to 80, and you feel fine. Yeah. So there are ways to compensate for it, but it's not going to be, doesn't mean you've got a risk factor for heart disease.
1: Well, later. I'm sure you do this with your patients, but I, my psychiatrist never checked my blood pressure. Never. And when every time you go back to your doctor to, because at least in the United States, this is a controlled substance. So we have to doctor. go to the doctor. They're not going to call it in and when you go back to see your psychiatrist or your prescriber make sure that they are taking your blood pressure to make sure that your dosage is correct and it is tough for us to make sh- to get the right dosage um apparently there's some studies that show people are always afraid oh you're going to get hooked on stimulants you're going to be an addict you're more likely to be an addict if you are undiagnosed ADHD and untreated because you're using stimulant medic- maybe street drugs as self-medicate. Yeah,
0: that's the, the problem. Exactly. I don't think someone well-diagnosed with ADHD, taking stimulants as prescribed, I don't believe they can get addicted because you take more, it doesn't feel good. There's no incentive to t- right. keep taking more and more. It's not like you get oh, this, all this energy and, man, I feel great. And you know, after a month, that amount doesn't work. But if I take another one, it does. <laughs> Those are people who get addicted for it. Right. They're Absolutely. looking for the rush. They're looking for that power. Well, and
2: make
1: it. it does make with ADD
0: take more. You yeah. get a real bad headache and you feel like you've had eight cups of coffee and you don't do that.
1: Well, and that's what I—that's kind of where I was going with this—is that rather than us co- being addicted to that medication, and I use that in quotes, um, we're more likely to not take our medication because non-compliance is even more rampant among ADHD. Why? Because mm-hmm. we forget, or the side effects are not there. We don't go back to our doctor to, to titrate the dose that that really works for us. So it's really a silly yes. argument to tell yeah, you
0: that. Yeah, people addicted to heroin don't forget their heroin fix <laughs>
2: you're uh, you right you right.
0: to go get some mm-hmm. more cocaine
2: exactly um,
1: exactly i mean
0: i don't mean to make light of uh addiction and it's a oh, terribly God, no. serious
1: Please problem that. yes i thank you for that i'm i didn't i agree i'm giggling and but you're right we yeah. forget we forget because But but like your like your 82 year old patient, she recognizes that she can pay attention and not interrupt as much when she is using her Vyvanse. So she sees the benefit. Some of us don't see the benefit as much. And keep in mind, and and I don't. This doesn't need to turn into just a medication conversation because I know you've talked about that on other podcasts. But there are also non stimulants, and there also are people that for which. Stimulants don't work. They work for about seventy yeah. percent of patients, but some of thirty yeah. percent that leaves us out. Right, don't um, exactly. And and so, some of us choose not to take stimulants. Like I don't take a stimulant yeah. anymore, even though I got a lot done when I was taking stimulants. I was terrible yeah. as heck. My husband didn't even want to live with me, so it was worse than menopause.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy, that that's something. Exactly. Um, exactly. I'd say, well, you tried other different medications, but one thing I wanted to uh, point out while I think of it, I'm not a psychiatrist. Um, I'm a family medicine doc, yeah. and i am been interested in ADHD, always used uh, other psychiatric medicines for depression, anxiety, um, and I learned a lot. I read uh, every issue of Journal of Attention Disorders for 12 years, so I have a good depth of knowledge, and then that Knowledge ties in with experience with patients. And I learned, nope, oh, that one really does work. This is helpful. And since I only see people with ADHD, I've seen 3000 people with ADHDs. So I've got that knowledge and experience. I call my practice outpatient psychiatry without schizophrenia. Um,
2: just that
0: I don't, uh, I don't know how to recognize it, certainly how to treat it. And there are a lot of, serious things i'm very glad there's psychiatrists out there that can do that
1: um well don't you I've, wish i just uh, want to say to the audience don't you wish that we could clone dr pomeroy so that we could all have him yeah. hanging around because that's who we need and it doesn't have to be any doctor can prescribe any md or any yes. od etc can prescribe but not all of them know how so I yes just
0: want to- and family docs can do it internists uh pediatricians certainly do um and it's not a a terribly mystifying kind of thing. Um, well, I wanted to get back to our uh, on track with menopause.
1: Yes, um, I do.
0: What what kinds of things are different when okay, woman's not had periods for a year. Now she's officially in menopause. Um, do the hot flashes stop? Do some, some of us, those
1: for some of us? Yes. For some of us, hot flashes can continue even postmenopausal. And I just want to mention that, um, we are postmenopausal long, as long as, you know, as long as we live. So it's not like, oh, postmenopause is three weeks or three months. Yes. Or two years. And, and I have, I have talked to women who really struggle because keep in mind that estrogen gets real, is really, really low. The sleep issues can can continue, but I really want to shift a little bit into the cognitive piece of this because I think that's yes. one of the things that eighty yes. women are well, that I think all women get a little scared about because for everyone, memory becomes a little bit a little more flaky. Much And some of us, that's why a lot of non-ADHD women run to the doctor and say, oh, I think it's early Alzheimer's. And some of them get diagnosed with ADHD because they actually, it didn't just happen now. They look in retrospect.
2: Yeah, look back. That's been
1: happening for my entire life. I've had piles Mm -hmm. I can't remember and all that kind of stuff. But trust me when I say that it gets worse. At menopause, especially at postmenopause. So there are about 80% of women overall who go through menopause um, say that they have had cognitive symptoms. So whether it's memory loss, forgetting people's names, you know, having brain fog, that kind of stuff, ADHD, we already have that. So, um, and some of it is released by medication or some other treatment for ADHD. But it's especially important for us to remember to have our ADHD um, not under control. That's not what I really want to say. But that, that you maintain that treatment for your ADHD, because whether it's coaching or whether it's medication or whether it's the strategies you use, they're very, very, very important. But I, I also want to mention that there are some studies, some, a couple of them recent, that do show that ADHD may actually have more of a tendency toward neurodegenerative diseases. And yeah, I've seen include Parkinson's. some of
0: those. Um, I always read those almost expecting to find some indications of bias against stimulants or ADHD because that is rampant, yes, um, even yes. in professional literature. Yes. And I, I think it's early to say, to conclude that it's, it's going to happen there I may think. be a connection and yet there's so many other things we're learning that also may make a difference as far as cognitive decline um and it's not certainly not all difficulty remembering things uh things is going to lead or is alzheimer's it's not Absolutely. if someone you know if you Forget uh, oh yeah I was going to get milk and I came home with eggs instead. <laughs> that's not Alzheimer's. If no, you can't not. remember how to get home from the grocery store and you've lived there for twenty years, yeah. that's a concern for Alzheimer's. Yeah, that's well, mild myo-, cognitive. They call it
1: yeah. They call it MCI, mild cognitive impairment. That's well, kind of how it begins, and sometimes it goes into Alzheimer's, but and or another dimension, but not always. Yeah.
0: And and that's where the that memory uh, mild cognitive impairment is not going to have the I can't get home from the grocery store right or right. I've got six keys I can't get in my front door because I can't make any of work and I can't remember which one works exactly so exactly. there are more serious but that's also getting into more advanced parts of it so one question I had is certainly optimizing doing the best in your ADHD um, treatment. And I looked at that as being a tripod. You have to have strategies to help you with organization, things like that. You have to get sleep. You have to get some exercise. And ideally taking a stimulant medication, so the most uh, effective ones or non-stimulant, you need mm-hmm. all three of those. Mm-hmm. If you get good sleep and exercise and you're eating well, and you've got your calendars and things, but your dopamine still is getting depleted in that nerve transmission part, It it's going to be a lot harder. So the other side is, does using estradiol as an estrogen replacement, does that help with the memory?
1: Oh, you're reading, reading my mind, doctor. I just jotted down hormones because... When we talk about cognitive impairment, hormones can actually help with that. So um, mm-hmm. most of the time, so we're talking about two hormones that we might not replace but supplement with. One of them mm-hmm. is... And there are, as I mentioned, three different or, or maybe four different kinds of estrogen. And the estrogen that is used in hormone therapy is estradiol. So it will supplement mm-hmm. the estrone that's already in your body. And what has been shown recently, um, despite some horrible press that happened, you know, 15, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. Um, about taking hormone therapy and they used to call it hrt hormone replacement therapy Um, they said oh it causes breast cancer and it causes cardiac problems And the study that all that information came from has been discredited in a lot of different ways, and I won't go into all of them. It's called the Women's Health Initiative. It actually, some estrogen, adding estrogen actually has been shown to decrease the chance of cognitive impairment and Alzheimer's. And of course, there are a lot of different kinds of dementia out there. But the caveat is that you need to use estrogen only. And
2: estradiol.
1: And, and estradiol. And not, and not add the progesterone. But if you continue, if you have a uterus, then that needs to be monitored because it can raise the danger of endometrial cancer. Endometrial cancer. Exactly. And that's done by an ultrasound that is done vaginally, usually yearly. And if they find that endometrial, um, the lining is, is increasing or increasing. Yeah. Then, then, then that may be a reason to cut back or to check for cancer, et cetera, et cetera. But it does not generally, there's only a small percentage, um, of increase in breast cancer and, or, yes. and, or cardiac and cardiac issues. So if you are taking uh-huh. a stimulant and, and you, cause you can take both and you are using a hormone, it usually, it, so it's not neither one are increasing your, your, your risk, risk of, of heart heart cardiac issues. Now, yeah, your genetics might increase the risk of heart disease. Right, I have, I would, have genetic heart disease issues and cardiac issues, so I'm especially t- attuned to that. But that brings me to something else that is keep in mind that I know kind of, I don't want to run out of time here before we get there. Keep in mind that we're getting older. It's not just, oh my gosh, uh, look what I should have been doing 10 years, 15 years yeah, ago. Yeah. There's other physical
2: issues are
1: taking care of. Right. Yes. So we may end up having diabetes. You know that ADHD folks are twice as likely to have diabetes than than the rest of us. We are also also more likely to have um weight issues. Obesity is rampant among ADHD. 42% of ADHD women over the age of 50 are considered to be obese. And that means a BMI of over I think 33. For so 30, yeah. Yeah, so so keep in mind that there are other things that we also have to pay attention to, which is also and more of a strain our, on our ADHD. Yeah. So,
0: and they are also risk factors for heart disease. Yes. Um, so it's not just taking the Adderall or whatever. It or it, or using
1: hormones. Or using hormones. Right. And right. in
0: the, the hormone ones, the Women's Health Initiative and what had been used mm-hmm. as hormone replacement then, was Premarin, which is from pregnant mare syndrome, or yes, yes. Uh, urine, so it's Premarin, yeah. and Provera, or medroxyprogestin. Mm-hmm. Those are not the natural hormones women have in their bodies.
1: Bingo. And Bingo. so,
0: yes, gee, okay. you see complications because you aren't using the real stuff. And that's where estradiol, yes, mm-hmm. that's what's supposed to be there supplementing with that, you are not going to be getting the risks of breast cancer and heart disease and things. Because so let's, you're using let's,
1: yeah, but let's be- remember that if you if you're if you have some endometrial issues your doctor may say yes we need to add pro, a pro, progesterone with there it's micronized and we talked about this earlier micronized progesterone um and it also matters what form you're taking because in the women's health yes. issue, it was all oral it was ta- it was the pill that you know that's what everybody and, that,
0: and it was that medroxy it wasn't
1: exactly, the exactly.
0: actual progesterone
1: but now so, now, there are so many different forms of doing of mm-hmm. of adding estrogen to your body that you can do you can use that micronized proge progestin mm-hmm. so that you and you also can use a patch there's a there's foam there are little pellets that are inserted that you get from your doctor yeah, there are all, all kinds, kinds of it. ways that that you can that you can supplement. And not be so scared. The sad piece is that despite the fact that we're coming out with this new information, it's not being as widely, good news is not distributed as wisely as bad news. So that even though something like 80% of premenopausal or paramenopausal women suffer from some of these, you know, cognitive issues, hot flashes, et cetera, et cetera only 10 or 11% are actually using estrogen because we have been so frightened by those original studies. Yeah. People and are going, la, 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 I don't want to hear it. And we're scared. We don't want breast cancer. Doctors Nobody also
0: get, you hear that, and they don't necessarily see, because there isn't a huge study of 48,000 women or something that the Women's Health Initiative, so it doesn't make the news in terms of, so doctor, when I train, sir, oh, you you don't want to do that. Exactly. Actually, I trained before when, yes, they were doing it. And then, oh, no, you can't do it. Yeah, But well, people don't re- look at people, doctors, clinicians, because yeah. uh, I want to include nurse practitioners with this, yes. um, yeah. that we don't remember or see all the new information that easily and someone says boy cancer or heart disease that raises red flags oh i want to stay away from those which is unfortunately why a lot of clinicians don't want to go near stimulants oh you're going to get addicted actually if you don't treat the 10 11 and 12 year olds who have add Mm -hmm. well and usually with stimulants they have a five times higher risk of becoming addicted and using substances as teenagers yeah. than someone with ADD who is getting treated exactly. with stimulants.
1: Exactly. exactly right.
0: <laughs> <So> <laughs> they aren't trying to self-medicate as far as being depressed. Oh, mm-hmm. smoke some of this. You'll feel better. Great. I don't have to worry about the other stuff.
1: Absolutely. And, and alcohol as well. Rest. That's also popular yeah. as well. I just want to, I want to go back to estrogen, estradiol patch. For me, I, I use a patch, which I just change twice a week and it's a certain. Mm-hmm. percentage and it gradually, it doesn't, it goes, it does, um, metabolize through the liver, but not the initial as, as you do when you take an oral that right. metabolizes through your, your liver on the first pass. So this kind right. of yes. transdermal, um, kind of, um, estrogen yeah. supplement does not go through the liver at, at least and that first pass where at it gets a yeah. lot of it. But so I just want to mention fast. that the studies show that I think believe it's the Cache County study show that it is one of the things that was going on with the women health initiative is that they were testing women who had already been postmenopausal for 10 to 20 years. So, yeah,
2: they, okay. so
1: what the studies now show is that the effectiveness and the and the lack of danger is within if you start if you start um, hormonal therapy within five years of your last period and you can so you can start it a little earlier than that and and be okay with it. But my, my doctor put me on low dose birth control, control pills to ease my depression yes. and my, my, keep in mind, migraines yes. are more, more prone to happen with ADHD and with menopause, perimenopause. So when, if you do hormone therapy, which is now called uh, menstrual hormone therapy, um, it is now, it is a lower dose than even a low dose birth control pill. So yeah. it is, it mm-hmm. is even safer than taking low dose birth control pills. And, and the other, another study said that the, that to prevent Alzheimer's, because they've done some studies that you need to be on that medication, on the hormone therapy for a minimum of a year. So keep in mind that if you start five years after menopause, let's, like, let's say you're 60 and you went through menopause, you, your last period was your age 52. That's not the time to add estrogen back in. So, because at that point, it actually increases the danger of some of those situations of, of breast cancer, of Alzheimer's, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. So just talk to your doctor about it and make sure that they understand that they, that they know those studies. And I just want to mention that even if there's a study about it, you have to look at what kind of study and how much support it got because my husband is a physician and he is getting crazy because so many studies oh are done just for the point of getting them published so that they can put them on their C V.
0: Yeah. And you have to look at the look at the details. That's exactly it. Exactly right. Oh, yes. this and this was found, yes, and you studied seventy-eight people. Exactly. Um, or three I, people. I, I three saw <laughs> something yesterday that just it's the kind of thing that drives me absolutely crazy. I was so surprised. It was on drugs dot com mm-hmm. and I was looking up some interactions. Yeah. And one of them was whether Vyvanse interacted with a couple of list amphetamine, the generic mm-hmm. Vyvanse, yes. interacted with some medications, mm-hmm. and it said no. There's no medication ones of what's on your list, but food, okay. And it said alcohol and amphetamines may be a problem because in 1995 a study was done on intravenous methamphetamine, and alcohol. And because the people who had intravenous meth and some ethanol at the same time, their pulse went up higher than if you just had al- alcohol and a couple oh of beers.
1: <laughs> Therefore,
0: there's a problem. First of all, no one with ADD uses an IV medication. No kidding. No one uses methamphetamine by There's no prescription of it and you certainly don't give it IV. And yet this (laughs) myth information is there that, oh, you shouldn't have any alcohol if you're taking an amphetamine. I'm sorry, this is just such a total disconnected. My blood pressure goes up. I agree. So, so there are some,
1: there are, and, and even, even in the Women's Health Initiative, they would say, oh, it's twice the incidence or twice the prevalence of this thing. And it might have been .002 versus .001. That's statistically insignificant. One of the things that I have heard again and again, however, even though some studies are, um, are a little bit flawed and will need more support to prove them. Um, don't forget that if you are taking a stimulant, don't take, don't use caffeine because that's going to screw up. The impact of that, because for years, I self-medicated with iced tea. I mean, I would do great. I'd have a huge container of iced tea at noon, and then by 4 o'clock in the afternoon, it's wearing off. So um my doctor continues to say, if you're going to use a stimulant, which she doesn't really like to do, to be honest with you. She doesn't like amphetamines, but she will still prescribe the Ritalin and the methylphenidate. Um, she's saying don't drink caffeine because you don't know what dose of caffeine you're adding to that stimulant. So you may be pushing yourself farther and that may increase the side effects. So I know we're not talking specifically about medication, but we have touched on it a lot today. So um caffeine, I don't know about the alcohol, but I know caffeine will certainly affect it because it's a stimulant for Pete's sake. So anyway. Yeah.
0: And, you know, I generally figure one cup of coffee. um no, If it's well defined, one person said, Yeah, I only have one coffee, a quad venti, something (laughs) or another. No, hold it. We're talking about, or I only have one coffee, one pot of coffee.
1: Oh, wow. No,
0: that's That's not a a eight to 12 ounce cup of coffee in the morning or a latte, which actually has less caffeine.
2: And uh, I think two shots of
0: espresso is. 120 milligrams of caffeine, and that is the lower amount of caffeine in drip coffee. But one in the morning um, is not a problem, though many patients will tell me, you know, I don't think my medicine's working as well. I find myself having one or two cups of coffee in the afternoon. Ah. Sure enough, they've been on the medication for two and a half years. They've Mm -hmm. got some tolerance, and it's not working as well. And I suppose if now a woman of 48 comes in and tells me that, I'm going to start asking about Menopause. perimenopause um, because that's uh, another direction. It's not just take more stimulant. Maybe the um, estrogen um, replacement is the important part of that.
1: Absolutely. And what I hear you saying is that if you have that one cup of coffee in the morning, it's consistent. So as long as you include the caffeine in your dose, if you will, yes. then it's not going to yeah. be a problem. You can adjust for it. So you, and you, you've already titrated your medication to accommodate that one cup of coffee. So that works out just great.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. when there's a, I guess it's a, uh, assigned maybe look at what else is going on if you find yourself wanting another cup of coffee later in the afternoon. Yeah. Yes, it it can help you be awake, certainly. Um, Well, sometimes people with ADD drink a couple of cups of coffee and then go uh, take a nap.
1: (laughs) Exactly. I do. (laughs)
0: Yep, I did. Um, And that's one of the uh, kind of Inside-out things about stimulants in people with ADD. Mm -hmm. Some of my patients, I give five milligrams of Adderall or Ritalin Mm -hmm. to take an hour before bed, calms their mind down, takes the bouncing around pinball mind, calms it down, and they can sleep better which
1: So makes, of that, course, does, does that does that really help? I'm I'm just curious. Does I I hadn't thought of this, but does that help with with perimenopausal symptoms? If you would take a small dose of stimuli? have you have you worked with that at all?
0: No, and I I'm not sure whether it would uh, as far as sleep.
2: Mm, okay. And
0: because unless the ADDs factor is there, and they have elements of. A hyperactive ADD. Ah. So, someone, 50% of people with ADHD have combined inattentive and uh, hyperactive. Yeah. yeah. And many have just the inattentive type. So, they may not benefit as much because their mind isn't going all over the place.
2: Yeah, and there's that.
0: a difference between being anxious, you're worried about what you didn't get finished and all the stuff you have to do tomorrow and you're mm-hmm. stewing about that that's not what I'm talking about it's the get in bed and now it's nice and quiet of course your ADD medicine usually isn't there mm-hmm. so you get thinking about one thing and oh but then that's that and, oh isn't it cool that relates to that and you're bouncing all around yeah. that's what taking a stimulant can calm down and mm-hmm. I'm going to say right now I'm not giving medical advice to anyone please do not Go back into your doctor and say, I need some Adderall at night. Um, talk with your physician
2: mm-hmm.
0: or nurse practitioner, but please don't use the examples I'm giving from different patients I've seen as yeah. something you need to do. Every a d v is different. Every person is different. So um, talk with your clinician about it.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I just want to I just want to add, even though I kind of put the stimulant into the inserted it into the menopause conversation, I will say that there are some well done gold standard studies that show that estrogen does have an impact on hot flashes, for instance. So if that's Mm -hmm. disturbing your sleep, that may actually help cognitively and it may actually help with some of the physical symptoms of perimenopause as well and keep in mind that right now um, they keep pushing the upper limit uh, they say okay yes you can be on hormones remember in that five-year window which I started within that five-year window If you if right now they say, well, it's probably safe. The North American Menopause Society says probably safe for 10 years. Then they keep pushing it to 12 years. And for me, I they my my doctor says I have patients in their 90s who say you're not taking my estrogen away. So it may or may not be appropriate for you, depending on your own. As long as it's monitored carefully. Absolutely right. And your genetic disposition toward anything that might be a problem. So we've talked a lot about different ways to handle perimenopause, but just simply knowing that perimenopause and ADHD, that compounded formula, if you will, can be difficult. And as long as you're aware of it and not just kind of bumping into furniture, kind of going, why am I acting like this? Or your family saying, why am I acting like this? Yes. Um, just just awareness can help you understand it. And then mm-hmm. maybe you can go to the right clinician, whether it's an OBGYN or whether it's your family doc or whether it's your psychiatrist. Um, thank you for mentioning that because we don't give medical advice because it's way, way, way out of our league here. We don't, we don't see you. We don't check your blood pressure here, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. So the good news is that perimenopause, which is the more extreme uh, symptoms, does settle down. Postmenopause may feel like there's still those symptoms, but it's not the roller coaster effect that you used to have. Yeah, and. Post-menopause, remember, is 40% of our adult life, our adult female life, or those assigned female at birth, um, those of us with a uterus, or perhaps, uh, keep in mind, if you have had a hysterectomy, you go into, quote, menopause instantly, and that is even more difficult for ADHD, so I don't want to oh exclude folks who, who have had medical mm-hmm. issues that remove ovaries, et cetera, et cetera, so... This, this broad span, there's so much to discuss. There's so many yes. things to talk about.
2: And there's I, so many individual variables.
1: Yeah. And I want to really recommend to, to your audience that they go to menopause.org because that is, they're not, they've taken the North America off of it. Now they call themselves the Menopause Society. And I've been a member for many, many years and they actually have resources for um not just physicians and and professionals, but also for us, the lay people. So there are guidelines. Of, there's a book that I think it's 10 bucks that they can send you that really is very, very good, and they have a slideshow. They have a lot of information there that will give you the straight dope instead of something you're going to see on TikTok. Please don't trust yes. TikTok. Sometimes it's yes. okay. Sometimes it's not.
0: <laughs> and I, I – you – told me something I didn't know about. Menopause.org is going to be is. one of the sites that I look at to uh get some more reliable information. Um because that I think uh I think every male assigned at birth male yeah. can use this information if you have yes, any kind of a relationship with a woman who is in perimenopause or menopause. She may be your spouse, she may be your boss, she may be something you're someone you're working with at work.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: and it's because it it impacts relationships, and that's the key thing. ADHD certainly impacts relationships, of and that's I think the the crux of looking at all the things we can do for ADHD, mm-hmm. helping. Children and parents have better relationships, helping couples be able to communicate and uh, work out things. It is very difficult for someone without ADHD to really know what it's like. You can, they can read about it, have an intellectual understanding and everything else, but mm-hmm. you still wonder, how come you keep doing this? It's because your brain works that way. Um, so that needs to be worked out. And the more things, uh, like the, all the, everything around menopause that are incorporated into the conversation around ADHD, the better it is. Absolutely. And we're at a point we need to wind down. We may be continuing this conversation at some point. So, Linda, it's been great to have you as a guest on the show. And, uh, Linda's AD Diva website. Uh, and that's at addiva.com or dot net.
1: Oh, It's.net. It's the AD Diva network. In fact, we are changing okay. our D- our corporate name to that because my corporate name is Passionate Possibility Inc. And people kept thinking I was a brothel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we finally are yes. changing our name to AD Diva Network it's so AD. people know. <laughs> okay.
0: So AD, AD, AD Diva. Diva. .net.
1: You got it. And you
0: can get good, reliable information.
1: And, and if you're interested in the Palooza, it's ADHDpalooza.com. Yes, yeah. ADHD. And I have all the misspellings. So if you don't know how to spell Palooza, don't worry about it. You'll get there. That's <laughs> great.
0: Great. And that's a great uh, week-long online conference with yeah, ADHD experts on all kinds of aspects of it. And yeah. then in the fall, the Couples Palooza mm-hmm. is over a weekend Um, So, Linda, thank you for organizing and getting those things going. This is Dr. David Pomeroy, your host of ADHD Focus. We're glad you could join us today and look forward to seeing you next time.